Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Baby, do we ever. And you know, before we get started, friendly reminder that our website's forever35podcast.com, where we have links to everything we talk about here on the show. Our Twitter is at forever35pod. Our Instagram's at forever35podcast. And the Forever 35 Facebook group is on Zuckerberg's meta, meta universe, metaverse, where the password is serums. It's true. <laughs> Thank you, you really, Mark. You really sold that. Yeah. Um, well. You can sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. We have a new issue going out tomorrow. 
And if you want to reach us, you can call or text us at 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Oh, Dory, here we are. Here we are again. How's it going? I don't know. I don't know. As we just said, like serums, I was like, I have been like clinging to my nighttime skincare routine as like uh, a sign that I'm doing okay. It's probably a sign that I'm not doing okay. But like last night, I was like, here I go, washing and scrubbing. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I'm not fine. Oh, I don't know. I mean, well, there's I'm just, just a lot. There's a lot. Oh, Dory, there's a lot. There's a there lot. is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there is. You know, I mean, I've got some stuff going on, health stuff going on that I'm trying to figure out. And then I'm doing what I always do, which is I turn to like self-help books to solve all my problems. I mean, look, everything is chaos. The world is chaos. We're in this Omicron surge, not to mention everything else is wild. So you cling, or at least I do, I cling to things and in the hopes that they might bring me a small sense of comfort in an otherwise chaotic world. And right now for me, that is, you know, like washing my face. And then also I'm reading this book called The Circadian Code. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. So someone recommended this uh, book in a, a circle of women that I'm in. And I was like, this sounds interesting because it's actually some ideas that I have kind of dabbled with, especially when it comes to sleep hygiene. Now, of Mm -hmm. course, the book is called The Circadian Code, Lose Weight, Supercharge Your Energy, and Transform Your Health from Morning to Midnight. So, of course, there is always a weight loss tack on, which drives me crazy, and I am not interested in that part of things. But I did want to flag for anyone who is hearing me talk about this that that is part of the title that is discussed. But what is more interesting to me is this idea of our bodies being on this kind of circadian cycle that has to do with like the outdoor light that we are exposed to and how that influences us when it comes to bedtime and our sleep mm, health. Go on. So I've, I've only just started listening to the audiobook, but what I have gathered from listening to the author's TED Talk and um, kind of talking to friends about this is like, it's, it's not anything revolutionary. I mean, it's like, it's the idea that the exposure to these screens essentially are waking us up. So, and I know that I, reading this was validating because when I go back out to work, like from eight, if I go to work at 8 p.m., do more writing or work on the podcast or something, and I go try to go back into our house at like 11 to go to bed, I am wired. What is more interesting is like, what have I only used my phone and then possibly all screens from 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 7 p.m. And then I was done. What would that look like? How would that impact my life? That would stop me from doing work at night. That would stop me from texting friends like you and, you know, looking at Instagram and all these things. And it just kind mm-hmm. of this idea of an hours where my phone is on and hours where my phone is off was kind of intriguing to me. Essentially, intermittent phone fasting. Okay. Now, again, am I just trying to cling to something in order to bring me a sense of control in my life in an otherwise (laughs) uncontrollable world? 
I mean, probably everything is not a nightmare. <sighs> but I will say I've been trying this and it's one, it's really hard to get off your phone at seven o'clock at night. You yeah. probably know this because I've been texting you as late as nine o'clock. Um, and also I'm just addicted to looking at it. And the way my brain works is like, I think of something and then I'm like, gotta look it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but the nights where I have really kind of succeeded at it, you know, I go and wash my face like 8.30, 9 after my kids are in bed. And then I'm like, well, I guess I just got to read and journal because the phone's off limits and it's done. And then I'm tired. And so I'm naturally kind of starting to wind down because I'm not staring at the screen, which kind of keeps me awake. So I don't know, Dory, this is kind of interesting to me. And it's something that I've been thinking about in terms of just my overall like phone health and mental health and all mm-hmm. sorts of things. So that's what I've been up to is hacking the circadian code. And I feel like, I mean, just based on our texting, it does seem like you've gone to bed a little earlier. I have. Um, I have been going to bed between, you know, about like 10 and 11 every night. The problem again is that I get sucked into books and then I keep pushing it. So I don't quite know how to mitigate this because I love reading at night, but then I'm like, I've got to see if these humans and this forearm alien get off this island and make it to like, you know, I've got a lot to going on in my book worlds. Yeah, I hear that. I hear so that. I don't know, like you are a reader at night and I know you sometimes fall asleep at night while reading, but how do you like, what if your body just wants to keep going or your brain? I don't quite know. I don't know what to do. Do you just stop reading at night? Do you read? Like, I can't stop. Once I'm reading, I'm in it. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about this and there have been times, I think, when my when my desire to keep reading has like overcome my fatigue. But I would say most of the time, I truly get so tired that I I start like closing my eyes. Mm. Even if something like crazy is happening in your book, again, like it does occasionally happen that like I'm right, right. You know, I do feel compelled to keep going. But, I mean, the other thing that I would say is something, like, something you could try. I don't know if this would work for you necessarily. But, like, I have at times had, like, nighttime books and morning books. So, like, at night, you kind of deliberately don't read the, like, super compelling page turny like you're not you're not reading like the driest stuff like you're you're reading stuff that you want to read but it's like it's not stuff that you're like oh my god i have to keep reading um maybe it's you know the circadian rhythm book which like i'm sure is interesting but like probably not something point. that you're going to like stay up for hours reading and then i i personally like to if i wake up early enough i like to read in the morning so maybe that's like a time where you could just take, you know, half an hour to read because in the morning, like you have more of a, a deadline, right? Like, yeah, that's true. You, you gotta get have out of bed. to get up. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's a good thought. You know, it's like a miracle that I'm even reading it all again. Like there were years where I just was so exhausted and so drained by life that I didn't even read yeah. I mean, didn't read. And so I read a ton of books last year, which felt really good. So I need to figure out how to make it work for me. That's a good idea. I wonder if I could get up in the morning and read. I feel like you get up early. 
I do like to get up early, although recently I have been getting like eight hours of sleep and it's, I'm still tired. Like I'm still, I could sleep longer. So, um, I've got to just figure this all out. But again, if I'm on my seven to seven phone fast and I wake up at six, I should be reading and not sneaking my phone. Right. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Dory. So that's what is new with me, you know, for better or for worse. That's what I'm kind of focusing on while also, you know, strapping KN95s to everybody's faces anytime we leave the house. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm feeling a little restless. Mm. Um, you, you know, have restless I, door syndrome. <laughs> Yes, restless door syndrome. I'm feeling like I need a like a another project or something to kind of keep me oh, going. This is interesting. Okay, so you're not like okay, so you are you're intellectually restless. I'm feeling a little intellectually restless. You know, I started this book project. Yes. I don't know. I've been having some big like existential quandaries about writing books. And I'm like this might be too much to go into on the on the podcast, but I'm just like wondering really if like writing books is for me. Wow, this is interesting. That is a big existential crisis because you've written two books. I mean, technically I have three. written two books, right? Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's something I'm good at, but not great at. And I'm just wondering if there's like, I feel like there are other things that I'm better at. I think I'm better at podcasting than I am at writing books. Now, does being necessarily better at something mean that you feel like you can't do it? That's a good question, Kate. Um, no. Unpack this. Okay. Okay. But I don't know that like writing books brings me actually brings me that much joy. Mm, now, now we're getting to the bottom of something here. Okay. Okay. Like, I remember Roxanne Gay once tweeted something that was like, so many people want to have written a book, but like, no one actually wants to like be writing the book. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I like? I'm paraphrasing and I'm sure the way she said it was much more eloquent, but like there, yeah, of course you want to like have written the book, but the actual writing of the book, like for me is like not always so much fun. Not that everything has to be fun. Again, like I feel like we're getting into some like big thorny existential questions, but I am just wondering if like, I don't know. But then I also think about this tendency of mine to like cut and run sometimes when things get really challenging. So then there's that other thing where I'm like, well, maybe I'm just giving up too early. But then I'm also like, maybe it's just not for me. <laughs> so I don't know, Kate. I mean, I also think it is okay to be like, oh, this thing that I have done, it's not working for me right now. I'm going to see what else satisfies me. You know, yeah. just because you've done it and just because you're good at it doesn't necessarily mean you have to keep doing it. Totally. I just do feel like I 
do tend to be someone who like doesn't commit to things for a very long time. Like I mm. do tend to get sort of restless, I think. Like you are you the kind of person who if something doesn't come easy to you right away, you're like, I'm out. Well, I was that kind of person. Yeah. And I think I've overcome that. Okay. Um okay. for the most part. And so I think that's what I'm trying to unpack. Yeah. Is like, am I like am should I just keep going because this is something ultimately that I do like I think ultimately I do find it rewarding but like are there other things that I find more rewarding and that do bring me more joy um and that like resonate with people more you know what I mean mhm I do and for you that might be making podcasts might be making podcasts or it might, might be, be something else it might be something else so but i also i do feel like i am someone who like restarts things every few years and so i think there is something to be said for someone who's able to like stick with a thing i don't know i i i i I get it. I, 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 what I'm hearing is that you're worried about making the wrong. Uh, you you don't want to make the wrong decision out of a place of like fear or giving up or maybe maybe repeating old patterns. Mm -hmm. But you also want to honor yourself and your truest desires. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that is kind of where I, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. So I am feeling a little bit at loose ends. I think. Well, let me, let me ask you this. What sounds fun for you intellectually right now? Not like to do for work, but like what would be stimulating for you? Have you thought, do you have an idea or is that still part of the kind of figuring out process? I have, I do have some ideas that I'm not ready to talk about in a public forum, but I'm I will talk to you about privately. <laughs> hit me up on the text. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. And I think there's, you know, I think I'm also thinking a lot about like, just and this is like semi-related and another tangent. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm really, this is a really interesting conversation. That like, okay, lately there's been all this news of like white men starting new media companies mm. and like getting all this money for it. Mm. And I don't want to do what they're doing, but it is very annoying to me that these are the people who get recognized. And I, I also acknowledge that like as a white woman, like I have a lot of privileges that a lot of other people don't. Yeah. I mean, we, we would be next in line after those white men in terms of people who just get shit. There, they're and, white. Yet there, and that there are, there have, there's been, as far as I know, there has not been any news of white women doing this and getting funding. Like there's just, it's just been white men. So there is a part of me because I, I think there is also a part of me that like is a shit stirrer as, as I think you know. I have a that, sense of this. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, well, fuck these people. Like I want to, you know, 
I don't know. I don't, but again, like I don't want to do what they're doing, but I also want to annoy them. <laughs> not annoy them. That's not, then that's not what's motivating me. But I, I, it, I think what I should say is it annoys me that these are the people and projects that get recognition. I hear you. So that's also kind of like floating around in my head. I do think you are a person who craves mental stimulation. Like you like a challenge and you and you like respond to figuring stuff out and solving things. You're a good leader. I mean, there is there are so many things that I think would feed that um, fire inside of you. Look, I grew up watching a lot of Oprah and (laughs) it never left me. Well, thank you for channeling that. You're welcome. I mean, I think it's really interesting, you know, and also like this kind of there's so much disruption right now. I think, you know, in the last two years, it's just been kind of like, well, you know, I mean, we're seeing like workers are quitting their jobs at an insanely high rate. Yeah. People, you know, are starting, you know, there's been strike. Like it's, it's interesting. There is kind of this, this hopeful shift that might be coming through this pandemic. I don't know. It's hard to find hope in any of this, but totally, totally. Well, Dory, I think that, this conversation kind of ties in nicely with um, talking to our guest today. I agree, actually, Kate. Do you want to share Winter's bio with everybody? I would love to. Digital pioneer, early adopter, and creative professional, Winter Mitchell started working in Silicon Valley when she was just 16. A high school dropout by choice, Winter now owns her own business working with celebs, influencers, and brands and consults on digital campaigns, strategies, and solutions to support product and brand launches and overall content development. She has an incredible ability to identify trends and hot topics in current affairs, popular culture, fashion, music, and technology. She's currently co-curating the LA Phil Human Humanities Festival. I mean, that is so cool. As a journalist, she has over 10 years of experience covering premieres, celebrity interviews, press junkets, as well as breaking exclusives with investigative and source reporting. As a podcaster, Winter has produced and hosted two shows, Pop Rocket and Waiting to Exhale, and has another two shows in development. You know, I first met Winter when we were both like entertainment reporters on the like press junket circuit. Wow. She has truly worn a lot of professional hats and is like excels at everything she does. I have to say it's just an observer. She's yeah, she's so cool. And I loved, loved, loved our conversation. Yeah. I mean, I do want to, I think we should flag that we do get in, into pretty intense conversation about um, pregnancy loss. Yes. Thank you for flagging um, that. Yeah. So I just want to give a little heads up um for anyone listening but uh we really we just had a really open and vulnerable conversation it was just so wonderful winter is amazing all right so we're gonna take a short break and we will be right back with winter one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And 
The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, here we are with Winter Mitchell. Winter, I'm so welcome excited. to the show. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Thank you both. This is just an honor and a privilege. Oh, no. The, the honor and privilege is truly all ours. It because is. Because you are uh, an icon. Um, <laughs> Please, you're the icon. Oh, Oh, come on. Look at your hat, Dory. You've got a cute strawberry hat You've on. You've got a strawberry hat that is wild, and I yeah. love it. You know, I've just, I've just not really been feeling my hair lately. Mm. Okay, fair. So here we are. <laughs> I mean, hats are pandemic hair's best friend. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. just say. 
You know, like we're all just doing what we can. We're putting stuff on ourselves just to hide it all away for now. hundred percent. I've never felt that more, Kate. Jesus. And I don't mean to sound like we should be hiding our, you know, our bodies or, you know, like minimizing ourselves, but there is just something where it's just like, oh my God. I don't know if it's the, you know, the continuous staring at ourselves in Zoom, the feeling of just of monotony or whatever it is but i i appreciate you um winter saying that because i don't i don't want it to seem like it's um body negativity no i don't think we're 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 pushing ourselves away i i'm I'm so glad and first of all i'm so glad i'm doing this show today because i feel like this is a conversation i can have with both of you and you'll immediately get it i have spent the last two years learning more about what i look like how I feel when I'm looking the way that I do, whether I feel great about my body or not, and how to enhance because the feelings of mm. this doldrum of the pandemic has really festered and sort of, you know, where I felt like, it, this is going to sound crazy, I have learned through the pandemic that I am, while you've met me, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely extroverted and I've lived my life the entire time I've been here for 41 years as an extrovert. I'm actually not into the public. (laughs) I'm actually just, I'm actually just not that into the general public. Um, and it's because I have for the first, before the pandemic, for the first 39 years of my life, I have allowed myself to be assigned whatever aesthetic I've been told in passing through my journeys, through school, through interactions at work, blah, 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 blah. And I've always felt like I'm somebody who has my own identity and I've Mm -hmm. become more fashionable. I've become like my taste palette was always present, but I am now like way better at fashion, way better at makeup, way better at dealing with my hair than I've ever been because I've just had time to like learn about myself and what I like and not caring about trends. So some that also includes like a lot of baggy sweatpants and stuff in between the little fashion items. But I don't care. I don't care anymore. That was a rant. That was a rant. No, <laughs> no it was I mean, great. I have a, we have follow-ups. Yeah, I'm curious like how kind of your your self-perception of yourself has changed over this time. One of the things that bugs me a lot about the body positivity movement is that, and this is controversial and people can write letters directly to me. Do not send them to Kate and Dory. I'm, <laughs> send, uh, please send them to me. This is a reflection of my thoughts, not theirs. Um, I, I didn't realize how much I'd taken like my youth and my health for granted for all those years that I had my youth. Um, I didn't, I I've, I've had a lot of regret about not embodying a more like consistently healthy um, state of mind. I kind of felt like I was, I could wing it and I can get away with it. And now I'm like way more conscious of like what I put in my body. I take like 10 vitamins I, I, I feel, and I'm mad at myself for waiting this long to adopt these habits, drinking more water, doing more things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but then like, I, I wish that I felt, I, I felt like those people in the beginning of the pandemic who were walking everywhere at that in my neighborhood went away real fast. 
I feel like after a month, like by April 2020, people were like, okay, so we're done with that. But it's made me, (laughs) that was great. And now we're moving on. Uh, I, I just definitely feel like a deeper connection. And I mean, Dory and I have talked about this. I, I had multiple losses, um, over the last two years. And, um, that was a critical, scenario that also put brought me back into my body in a way that I just was not because beforehand Mm -hmm. I was always running around doing a bunch of things going from client to client trying to make it happen trying to be on the scene and it just wasn't a a thought in my mind about pregnancy and I just wasn't thinking about it and I also felt like you know my mom's fertile my grandmother is fertile my sister's fertile like we'll be I'll be fine and just to sort of hit that infertility track like hard. Um, and it wasn't like one loss and then a few months. It was like one after another after another. And it was just so traumatic for me that I had to really reassess, like, what am I doing? Like, where am I? Mm. Like, I'm I'm 41 now, I'll be 42 in a month. Like, what what is this? What is my legacy? What is my plan? What are the options? What is this? What does my husband want? Is he like, what the fuck? This chick, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, uh, and, and he's not, thank God. But it's like, those are the things you're thinking about. Like, those are the things you're thinking about. And, you know, it's been um, since the last one was in September. September or October. So like ever since then, I've just been like, I'm just going to not put pressure on myself on any level, but I am going to be healthier. I am. I do want to live for a long time. I do want to look good while living for a long time. And I would say that it's like a twofold thing. Part of me has done it because it makes me, I, I don't have a baby, but I can have Fendi. And a part of me is also like <laughs> a part of another part of me is like, but you need to be doing this because this is, you know, here's an opportunity. I don't know. That's a long winded answer. I'm sorry. No, no. It's, you know, it's you raise a really interesting point and it's something I have found challenging. And this is separate from talking about your pregnancy loss, which I think I think we both would love to talk to you more about. But yeah, totally. This I this idea of how do we separate? How are we, how do we remove this idea of like weight loss and the like diet complex, diet industry essentially out of the idea of health? Because like I texted Dory today, I got my blood test results back and my cholesterol is really high. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh shit. Well, the one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that you can do is to change your diet. But how can I do that in a way? Like, can I pick what I eat that isn't related to me obsessing about my food in terms of my weight? And I don't know, but it's, it's confusing, right? The older we get, the more we are trying to focus on, focus on longevity. Like, I don't want to go anywhere either. Winter, we usually, we, we kind of like just got right into we it. Yeah, we do yeah. usually, <laughs> we do usually like to start by asking our guests about a self care practice that they have and i feel like we've in our discussion so far we've like kind of tangentially approached some yeah. things that have to do with self care but i'd love to hear if you have something specific that you are doing lately um that you would consider a self care practice i know you told me this beforehand and i needed to be uh set up for this oh yes okay this is a good one i started like growing my nails <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and oh, taking wow. care of my 
my nails. You uh, listeners, you can't see it, but they just look like your average nail. Uh, but they're no, they long. don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> I noticed your nails immediately, and they're almost really nice. was going to be like, "Whoa, what nails you've got!" But then I was like, "That's a weird thing to say." <laughs> Well, the thing is, I was a nail biter for the first 15 years of my life. And then after that, I would only bite my nails when I was really anxious. So I would grow them. And then I would immediately start biting them down to the quick. And that went on for a long time. And only in the last uh, year and a half since we've been in this, have I learned to control that. And that feels very, uh, I'm very proud of that. Because I just... I was an aggressive nail biter, skin biter, hangnail, you know, all of that, bleeding middle fingers, all of that stuff. And I just said, this is one thing like I can do every week is just, you know, put some polish on my nails. I use uh, uh, Essie. I like Essie a lot. I like OPI mm. a lot. Uh, I put nail oil on it. You can get any kind of orange generic uh nail oil and just moisturize it. I got like a whole kit, like a nice one from Sally's, not like something that you buy at like a 99 cent store, like a whole thing. And I moistened my cuticles. I I just do all of that. I bought myself a steamer to steam my face while I, after Mm -hmm. that and give myself uh, facials. I bought myself one of those wands, those electro wands that buzz on your face and zap zits. I basically replicated everything minus laser. If I could buy a laser machine and put it right here in my office, I would. <laughs> Just me self-administering laser peels. No, but other than that, those two things, uh, you know, I bought everything to replicate because I also said like, unless it's like extractions, I don't really need to go see these people for these things. I've been doing this to myself for years and I feel pretty good about it. So mm. yeah, if it's not like a surgical or non-surgical thing, then I just do it at home. That's self-care for me. That makes me feel so good. Oh, I love that. And how happy. did you stop? So I'm a nail biter. And actually like a month ago, I went out and bought a million oils and have been oiling my cuticles and trying not to bite my nails. Was there something that helped you in the process of stopping biting your nails? I think one of the, I noticed how I talk is like this. And I kept seeing myself talk like this. I'm just trying to plug in my computer. I just kept seeing myself talk like this and talking to people. And I was like, oh, God, I, yeah, I got to start pulling that. <laughs> Pulling that back together. So then I, I, that's how I stopped. But the, the reason the nail biting started is because I was hypnotized at five to stop sucking my thumb. Wow. Whoa. So I moved to nail biting because I was hypnotized to stop sucking my, th- I was sucking both thumbs. And my mom is, if you, Kate, I don't know if you follow me, but Dory follows me on Twitter. I talk about my mom all the time because she is wild. Uh, <laughs> she, she sounds she sounds fun. She's very fun. She's a <laughs> she's a boomer, but she's a hippie. So she was a hippie. So that makes all the difference. But my mom like took me to a serve a, a a surgical place, not a surgical place. It was like a, a, a doctor's office it didn't even look like crunchy that's what was so crazy you walk in it looked like a normal office and i what i remember is the room was stark white like a white room with the chair in the middle of tv vcr combo and the woman said okay and she pushes you back into the chair and you have the light on you she puts the thing in your mouth to prop your mouth open like one of those 
mouth things. And then she turns a video on of just people's teeth looking crazy and talks to you while you're, you're doing it. And then I would leave. That would do that 30 minutes a week for four weeks. And oh one day gosh. she called me and said, uh, winter, she, my mom, she said, my mom mentioned the phone and said, winter's for you. And I get on the phone and it's the lady. And she's like, you're going to stop sucking your thumb now. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop sucking my thumb now. And I never sucked it again. Wow. Wow. My mom clockwork oranged me to stop sucking my thumb. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't think I'm going to do that for nail biting. <laughs> what's what's fascinating is that the oral fixation remains, right? Like it's so interesting that these parts of ourselves, like you just found a different hand outlet. Yeah. Well, I also quit smoking too. Ooh, so I boy. quit smoking and I quit biting my nails. That was hard. That's yeah, quitting smoking hard. is tough. Wow, I'm impressed. That's amazing. That's good inspo. Yeah, that is really amazing. Yeah. Um, Winter, mm-hmm. we would love to just talk a little bit about self-care kind of as it relates to your work with celebrities mm. yeah <laughs> we can you give our listeners kind of a the abridged version of your current career you've had an amazing i mean yes you've had an amazing career path i i i'm a digital strategist that's a fancy word that i cr- term i created for social media manager because i feel like social media manager seems basic i do more than just media social media ma- manage the social media um i work with talent and celebs uh to help manage the persona the perception the reception uh of their social platforms and also do like behind the scene behind the scenes sort of like brand and image consultancy from a digital perspective so like brand connecting people with like brands and connecting them with like you know other consultants who can help ex- do things that are like you know involved in social impact and so like my clients are all across the map there's i've i've worked with jlo and aerosmith and Margaret Cho and Wanda Sykes. And I started working with Olivia Munn recently, who's a good friend of mine. Um, and I work with Goldman Sachs and, and, and National Geographic. Like it's all across the map. It's like, it's been pretty great. I really, really, really enjoyed sort of where I've ended up here. I'm, I'm underplaying it. It's a bridge, but it's, it's, I know I've done great shit. <laughs> I can talk about it for a long time, but. Yeah, that's currently what I'm doing. And I'm doing really well at it. I'm really blessed. Yeah, you're good. You're really good at your job. Um, well, so <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my my question. So our I guess our question is like, do you have any takeaways about self-care or wellness um, oh, yeah. that have come from your work with celebs, yeah. whether it's things you've learned from them or like boundaries you've set yeah. or oh, yeah. what not to do. Yeah. I, I got to tell you that the self-care, it runs the gamut. Uh, I would say that I think the most monumental experience was working for JLo because she can, she's one of the, I, I know these people exist in the world and there, there's several of them, but she to me is like one of the last, uh, big movie stars in, in the sense of like this, mm. she really has adopted like this golden era 
persona, even though she's still current to this day. Like it's very much like, you know, when you watch Mommy Dearest and she's like every single thing is planned out and plotted down to the T because that's how she operates. That's literally JLo. And it's inspirational in that sense. I, 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 mm. I wouldn't say the, in, the entire experience was inspiring. I, I definitely feel like there was a lot of stuff left on the table, but as far as like understanding, like how to be in the world when you're perceived as a certain way, yeah. meeting that level of expectation, you have to operate as one does. And she is like meticulous, hardworking, will out, out be a out wake anyone i mean i was out one night working and was like about to pass out by 5 a.m and she was still wide awake like this is somebody who like is on a meticulous schedule of being like the business of jlo is not simply just waking up and being there's like a whole thing and i i realized working on that team a lot of things that i was leaving on the table about myself and what i needed to do and you know one thing that I think is really important is just, and, and it's not a, it's not like, yes, she has resources to do all these things, but like really actively wanting to be in, in good total wellness and shape, like actually wanting mm. to have that and making that a part of your day to day is just something that's critical for her. And, you know, I felt like, you know, that's one of the reasons why I bought my Peloton because I was like, I'm not going to go outside anymore. Then I need to have something here to be doing that. So that's like a critical aspect of like how I work out. What happens when you work with celebrities <laughs> is that you're exposed to a level of, of excess. Right. That you did not know <laughs> was a thing. Right. Yeah. And it's like excess and access. And so I, it's like, it's like, I may not be able to afford it, but I will still find a way to get something like that or as close to it as possible or find a way to access it or work towards yeah. it. And that's sort of like, that's a hundred percent what I've taken away from my experience working ce with celebrities who are particularly fashionable, right? Like who have like a degree of like relevance because they're very fashionable and, and mm -hmm. look good. And that's something that I'm like, you know, my, in terms of like being when I was, let's, I'll, I'll compare it to this. When I was 25, like my beauty kit was a kit. It all fit in like a little thing. It was, a, it was, if I was ha doing well and had enough money, I would go out and get makeup forever, which is my favorite brand for a foundation. If I wasn't doing that great or in between jobs, it was CoverGirl. Uh, or it was a sample that I made somebody make me. Uh, and now it's like I have a closet of like mm. products and it's seasonal mm -hmm. and it's equipment and it's items. And it's just like my husband's always like, uh, <laughs> are you going to clean this out? <laughs> or like, why do you right. need four of four of these things? And oh, we know why. <laughs> we, know <laughs> we get why. it. <laughs> we get it. I know you do. And mm. that's just, I have to have like five different kinds of perfumes. I have to like, that is to me, the thing that I've taken away is like, these people enjoy having stuff, which sounds mm. gross and gaudy. Don't, and by the way, I feel guilty about a lot of this stuff. I do. I felt guilty this entire pandemic. I've made more money this, the last two years than I've ever made in my life. And it's, 
by the grace of just sort of the nature of the pandemic, people need, don't, they want to be online more. They have to be online more. They need people who are experts. And I mean, nobody talks about it a lot, but I will. I'm aware that people hire me because I'm black because they, it looks good for them. After George Floyd, the inquiries like skyrocketed. Wow. And you know, I thought about it and I was like, eh. and then I was like, you know what? Eh. My ancestors <laughs> would want this for me. I, I, I want, you know, I want to make money and, uh, and I feel guilty about it a lot. Like I knock on wood, it doesn't yeah. stop, but I feel guilty about it, but it's allowed me to sort of splurge on things that I never would have right. beforehand. Right. Right. All my favorite. I went as far back as to buying perfumes that I could barely afford when I was 18. I bought that Gucci Rush mm. and I bought a big bottle of it. And I said, you know what? That was for the 18-year-old me who was like begging my mom and dad to get it for months because I wanted it and kept just going down around at different Macy's in San Francisco and collecting samples. Mm. And that's, you know, I think that's, I can see how the people that I work with are probably feeling the same way. It's yeah. not excess to them because they went so long without and fought so hard to get there. What a lovely um, gesture to your past self, who is still a, you know, w- which is still a part of us all. But that's such a, um, that's such a lovely gift to to give that version of you. I don't know. That's really beautiful. And you smell good now. I mean, you always smell oh, good, but you know, I, I but, and you get to ha- you get to have that scent. I have like the, my signature scents all over. Like I, yeah, I'm very about fragrance. Fragrance is like all I'm about right now. Well, and you, you know, I didn't realize this about you, but until I, until I was reading our, our, your bio, but you dropped out of high school at 16, quote, by choice Mm -hmm. to go work in Silicon Valley. And Mm -hmm. that's like, that's a massive decision to make as a 16 year old, um, or maybe it's not. Maybe you knew. Maybe that was I would love to just hear what that was like for you and how it's shaped who you are now. I was I was a great student. I was an an ADHD student. I was in the gate program and, you know, I I I could not be tamed in that sense, but I think the critical moment is that I was I I was in Involved in an online relationship with an older man when I was 14. And my parents, when they figured it out, were understandably like horrified. And that threw me into, I know I just threw this out at you guys. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of spun me into a trauma phase where I just was like, I don't know what my future's like, but I don't ever want my parents to think that any decision that I've made was a poor choice. Mm. And it was a choice that was, you know, they were very shocked. I was very shocked. I I absolutely did not anticipate that happening. And the internet was so new. This is like 1994. By the time I got to 1986, after everything had been exposed and everything had gone on, I did not feel like I can be in a school space. I just did not feel like I felt it was actually a mad. It's the reason I did it is because I felt guilty. I felt like I put myself through, through so much by sort of going into this thinking I was smart enough to not know I was being manipulated and preyed on that. I said, I can, I want to, it sounds crazy. I want to prove to my parents and I feel like I need to prove to them quickly that I'm capable of my life will not be messed up. 
I won't be messed up. So I went and got this job by telling them I was 18 and it was writing for a uh, website that was owned by, it's now IGN, but it was owned by this, uh, a startup company that was building IGN. And I just started working there after school to start. And my parents were like, oh, where are you going? I'm going, I was proving to them that I was responsible. I'm going to work and then I'm going to my after school job. And then they, because they thought I was 18, they asked me if I wanted to work full time. I was like, absolutely. And so I tested out of school and I just started working at this job and I kept working there. And then I got a job at NBC and they also thought I was 20. I was really just 18. And I just started working there and thinking, <laughs> making them think I was 20. And then I got a job at another network and I, they thought I was 22 and I was 19. So it just, I kept not telling people my true age uh, because I felt like I presented older, which it was so not true. And by the time I got to 21, I was like, I got three jobs under my belt. I'm going to go move to LA and work in the industry. And that's what I did. And I never stopped. I just never stopped. I never thought about school. I never thought about my friends. I don't, I mean, we're all still friends, but I just never thought about any of that stuff because I just didn't want to be there. I wanted to be mm. out in the world. And I still, to this day, have zero regrets about it. I have zero regrets about it. I don't recommend it. I'm just saying I have zero recommend. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 right. I, the things I got away with back then were purely because the internet was so like, th like it was just, nobody was going to actually take my birth certificate, go down to the, the, the city records and compare. Like there was just none. It was still back when like IDs were paper IDs. Like there was just no, I wouldn't recommend it now, but like, <laughs> I just, I don't care. I don't care. I think I'm one of the last few people who can get away with, who got away with that. Um, <laughs> Dory. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm just like processing all this stuff that you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's also, I mean, I, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but it is always interesting to interview like people I'm friends with on the podcast because like, I'm learning so much about you that <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay, I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially 
a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, we are back. I I would love to talk about your um, your whole fertility, infertility, IVF journey. Um, I know you and I talked about this, as you mentioned. Um, Gosh, I mean, it must have been a couple years ago now, Mm. because I think we talked about it in person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I, I want you to share kind of whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Um, As you can tell, I'm very comfortable sharing lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I, I think this is something that a lot of our listeners have struggled with, I know, especially for us, because we have a chunk of listeners who came over from Excellent Adventure, which is the podcast I do with my husband about IVF. Um, So, you know, could you tell us a little bit about what this experience has been like for you and where you are with it now, both like in actuality, but also like mentally? Because it's it's so Mm. much to just like wrap your head around at all times. Uh, you know, it's, it started uh, with us actively wanting to have a baby and I got pregnant really quick. And I just remember being super excited and, you know, enjoying knowing that this process is happening and looking super for this. I'm talking about the first time looking forward to like this baby, like we're going to have a baby and we love each Mm. other. And it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic and we were still having the best time of our lives and still like really enjoying one another. I mean, we still do, but it's like, you know, it's two years into a pandemic and the loss itself basically was that my egg did not split the way that it normally would. And Mm. my baby had a number of issues, cystic hygroma, uh, you know, trisomy 18 or sorry, Mm. trisomy 21. And, you know, the decision to terminate for medical reasons was not taken lightly. Um, I was very, there was just immediate shame. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is, you know, back to my story about dropping out of high school, I've always been chasing like shame, right? Like not trying to be 
shamed for who I am or shamed for things that I believe in. I've always, mm-hmm. you know, been trying to just evade shame and it just hangs over you when you are susceptible to that feeling uh, your entire life. And I immediately jumped, we, we immediately jumped into trying again and it happened again. And then we paused and I said, you know, we'll, we'll try again. And in the course of this, I just felt like if it happens again, after everything I try, the supplements, the eating better, doing this again, then I, I, I have no choice but to go into IVF and it happened again. I, we act, I, it was an accident the third time. We were in Mexico having a good time and, and I got pregnant. And that's when I was like, the anger really came out and the anger is more it's is 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 not about my, at myself the anger really stems from like having to deal during a pandemic with this you know i i feel bad for first responders i obviously sympathize with them but the, our healthcare system is a nightmare if if no yeah. one t- hasn't heard and period. Yeah. period and being a black woman trying to have a baby, not being able to bring my husband into the room, not having protection from the stupid bullshit that doctors say, trying to track down my doctors. I had to schedule my own termination this last time because my doctor was like, I'm sorry, I just got your message. I was on vacation. You know, like shit like that. Like it's just a basic Mm -hmm. lack of care and consideration because you've chosen to not move forward with something that is harmful to you emotionally, harmful to the baby physically. Like you want me to carry a baby that might not live you just want me to like let wait till it's convenient for you. I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of that, you know, the first time it was like, I, it was the beginning of the pandemic and it was like a sense of sisterhood. I had an all female group of doctors. The only person that was uh, a man in the room was a nurse. Every, it was, you know, the, 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 everybody was surrounded me with light. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen every single time you go to the doctor. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do a lot of yelling, screaming, and crying to be heard. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing IVF now. I haven't started my process because as I got to the finish line of the first, you know, pre-process, my doctor stopped me in November and was like, I need you to lose weight. And... um that upset me. Yeah. Because why are there so many barriers to me to me getting yep. to my baby? Yep. And why am I being punished because I spent the last 10 years of my or the last 20 years of my life working to s- survive. Mhm. And I wasn't going to do again the shame comes in. I wasn't going to go and be flagrant And this is me, again, speaking my truth. Everybody's entitled to their own, but I wanted to be married and then I wanted to have a baby. And I wanted to marry somebody I love, not just some dude, just to fulfill something. And I got the guy that I love and I got the marriage that I want and I got the love that I want. So why? Because I was late as a 38-year-old bride Am I feel like I'm being punished? So there's a lot of like yeah. questioning God and not trying to be mad at God and not trying to be mad at these people who are obviously overworked, 
but they're they're paid very well, so I'm not going to say underpaid. You know, I want to just be able to have a baby. And so many yeah. people I know had babies so effortlessly and yeah. continue to. And I, I have to work every day not to be mad. And not to be mad at them and not to be angry or disappointed in myself. I have to work every day just to be. Yeah. And I, I, this is morbid, but like I kept the ashes for all my babies because I just didn't want them out in the world, you know? Mm. I didn't want them out in whatever system, the system that's making me mad. I didn't want this system to have them and I didn't want it to be treated like, I didn't care. I care about every single one of them deeply. I love them. I miss them. I miss what could have been. But there is something real, 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 real. And can we curse on here? This fucked up. Fucked up. Fucked up about storing your children's ashes in your office (laughs) next to your, next to your desk in your Sonos. Um, when I just wish they were here. And, you know, a part of me is, you know, my husband has a son and he has an ex-wife and, you know, she hasn't made our lives very easy at all. And there's just, you know, it, it creates resentment in me that there exists this other person. And it creates resentment that I never expressed to my stepson. Cause I wish, you know, one of the issues my husband has is negotiating his relationship to him and the ex-wife and that creates like that, you know, that encroaches. So I try to be a good stepmom, but there's resentment in everything when you're trying to have a baby. There's just, it just, yeah. un, you never know when it, it will unfurl. Right. Right. Ugh. It's such a fucking, it's a, it's a mind fuck. All of this. I, you're right. Like I, you know, the thing you said about trying not to be angry every day. It's like, I, I feel like I would go between like trying not to be angry and then just being like really angry (laughs) and just like letting myself be angry because like, what else are you going to do? Sometimes you just have to like feel the things. Um, but that's also exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. That's why I've been shopping. Um, yeah, I yeah. hear you. That is really insane that your doctor said that to you. And like, yeah. there are REs who are not fat phobic. Yeah. Um, and I let I me know, know if, if you thinking. know some. Yes, I am. I was actually thinking about writing her a letter and just letting her know because I she used to be my OB, and I'm really oh, surprised wow. that she said that. And yeah. I it threw me into a cycle that is. It's. I've been trying to get off that cycle for weeks now. It's been. It's Ugh, actually really fucked I'm up. Sorry. She said that. It's okay. Um, you should. I mean, if you are compelled and you have the emotional energy to do that for the, that person, that is a real like. You, that's no, a gift you give that motherfucker because yeah. Mm. I'm not a Karen, but when it comes to letter writing, I am the queen Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I am. 
I'm a good ass letter writer. It's almost litigious with suggesting litigation mm-hmm. without being Okay, litigious. I like it. <laughs> I mean, that itself sounds like a form of self care, though, because you get to yeah. you're, you get to speak for yourself without interruption and without being censored, and that sounds actually very powerful. Yeah, it's the one thing I'm a writer, so it's the one thing that I, you know, I, I, I. I I, I appreciate about myself, which is funny because I was in a, I don't know, Dora, you might be in this group. I was in the binders group and I like responded to somebody and she told me that I was the subliterate. And what? I, yes. And I was literally, oh, what? I, oh my God. No, but it was like, to me, not everything. I'm not going to just put, pull out the race car, but it's also, there's, it's, slightly racially tinged because it's just like the most awful thing you can say to someone, but it's just to just with subliterate, it seemed very out of left field for the conversation we were having. And this to me is like proof of strength because five years ago that would have broken me. Mm-hmm. But the strength I have in created surrounding these losses that I've had to look, I cried, but the day of my loss that I was told that the baby wasn't going to like the, the genetic counselor was like, the baby's not okay. Or, you know, if you want to terminate, let's start working on that. I, she told me at 11 by 11, 15, I was live on Instagram by, you know, that the two, a week later I was at a rock concert, you know, like I, I two weeks later I went on a Europe, a trip to, to, to Portugal for work. Like I am resilient and it comes out yeah. in little ways you know, that my resiliency is strong. And that to me was like, she called me subliterate. Fuck you. I'm not, uh, you know, you're just mad because I was right. And this is how you choose to engage. But Mm -hmm. there's, there is strength in what I have been through because I have learned about women that I would have never met. Otherwise the sisterhood of women who want women to be mothers is something Mm -hmm. that I have found and embraced and it's the, I can only tell you that the loneliness is that, you know, a lot of my girlfriends don't understand or, and I haven't been able to talk to them about it and I don't want to talk to them about it um, because I don't really want, nobody's opinion can really help or shape what this experience is like, unless you've been through it, unless you've been on a table three times and woken up in another place three times and gone home and you know, bled for days and then, you know, thinking that you're going to be okay. Then the, the march towards week 12 and then the march towards week 15 to have surgery. It's like, it's unlike, I don't recommend it to somebody I'd hate. It's not fun. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I'm hoping for, for the best. I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, and yeah. we're we're hoping for the best for you and too. Yeah, I'm so grateful for you sharing, both like just selfishly for myself yeah. and deepening my understanding of your experience, but also for anyone listening. I just think it's it's been really powerful to hear you share your to hear you share your life with us. So thank you. Thank you. you have our gratitude. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, winter, I, I wish we could keep talking. It, like, it really feels like we've been talking for like 10 minutes. And I know. I was like, so was, this a, was this good or was this therapy? I don't know. I hope somebody I got mean, something from it. 
Oh, that, that's do we want to eternal... talk about lipstick? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, know look, it's like they I go feel like hand in hand. When we have these like amazing, intense conversations, like we get to the end, we're like, oh, we didn't ask about any products, but it's just like that's kind of just like where the it's what this this podcast the, is. It's where it's the wild. podcast muse led us today. Yeah. So. Put Thank them in the show again. notes. Put them in the yes. show notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, um, you did also tell us to oil our nails. So I do feel like <laughs> yes. on a superficial yes, yes. product la- level, we've gotten it. We nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Good. Um, Winter, where can people find you if they want to kind of follow along with you? I live at Twitter. I live at Twitter. <laughs> It's called Twitter uh, at Winter W Y N T E R Mitchell M I T C H E L L. That's the best place to find me. That's usually where I'm hanging out. That's like my stoop. Okay, you're there. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, thank you again. And um. Yeah. This is great. Oh, thank you guys. Are just thank you, ladies. Rather, thank you, ladies. You both are great, and I really enjoyed listening to the both of you. And I'm honored you had me on. All right. That was winter. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I just really loved our conversation so much. I did too. It was, it was really, um, you know, it reminded me just listening to both of you talk about IVF and trying to conceive and hearing about winter's experience and grief is like really how much and i don't i don't mean this in like a mean way but if you haven't experienced something some you know i'm not a person who's experienced any of that and mm. you really just have no idea you know and it's and it's hard when it's on people to share their stories to have to illuminate things for the rest of us but um it just was it felt it for me it felt really important to get to listen to her because um and to you, because it's just not something I've experienced. And sometimes we just have no, you know, no clue what an experience is like. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is, this is what empathy is, right? I hope so. You know, I mean, I think you have like really opened my eyes to the experience of losing a parent, which is like not something that I've experienced. Well, thank you. So. I mean, I kind of hope that is what this whole podcast is ultimately, right? Like, even mm-hmm. though it is fun to talk about skincare and that's how we started, hopefully it's just we're tr- we're working towards becoming more empathetic people and yeah, and hopefully listeners are too. <sighs> oh my goodness. Well, this has really been an intense episode. <laughs> it has, but you know what? Emotions run high. I mean, we are feeling people. We and, are feeling people. You know, we've got to, I don't know, just got to experience it. I think it's good to talk about. Even even though we're all in the kind of like weeds of this stuff, it still, I feel like, never gets talked about. So, mm-hmm. um, well, let's let's transition to the intentions of the week because I am curious about yours because you did a double intention, meaning you repeated I did. Um, So my intention was to clean out my office. I have made some big progress on this front. Yesterday, I took out 
two trash bags. Uh, sorry, I'm like screaming. Yesterday, I took out <laughs> two trash bags of stuff um, that I cleaned off of my desk and my office. Um, I sold some stuff in a local purge group. So that's been good. So it, it's not, it's definitely not done, but I, I feel like I'm like, I've made progress and I've, I've like actually worked at it. It hasn't been something that I've just totally abandoned. So I'm, I'm feeling like reasonably good about it, actually. Congrats. Thank you so much, Kate. That's so exciting. What a great feeling. <sighs> Thank you. Um, and then this week, you know, I think I am just going to kind of lean into the restlessness and explore what that means and really think about what you said. I'm going to ask you the most annoying question, but have you been journaling at all about this? And would that help you? I mean, I'm still doing my one line a day journal, but I'm not really, it doesn't really, really leave room for. Like, I wonder if you did some morning pages, if this might kind of like get your brain juices flowing or maybe morning pages would be fucking annoying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, or maybe not. It's an interesting idea. I'm not I'm not dismissing it out of hand. To be continued. To be continued. Oh, <laughs> there's one more thing that I just want to mention. I just want to give a shout out to um the members of the Power Zone Pack Challenge, the Forever 35 team. Um <laughs> we voted on a name for the team and the theme of the challenge this time around is Cosmic Zone. So everyone was supposed to choose a name that had some sort of like space or, you know, planetary reference and someone suggested dory's space hotel dory i'm dying i died at this i I literally just rolled over and the team voted to make that the name which like i just thought was hilarious anyway but then something got lost in translation either either the head of our team had a typo when they submitted it to the power zone pack people or the power zone pack people like read it quickly and just like typed it wrong but it is now the the team name is now doreen's space hotel (laughs) which is just so funny to me because as i think i've mentioned on this show many times like people always misspell my name i'm always asked if my real name is like doreen or you know something else especially growing up in boston with like all the irish people doreen was a very lots of doreen's irish name um and so it's it's just very funny me anyway shout out to all the space dory doreen's space hoteliers as (laughs) as people are calling us um anyway just a little sidebar there. Kate, I love that. Yes. How is maximizing reminders going for you? Okay. So I have gotten kind of very into Google remind, oh, not Google. I'm sorry. My Apple reminders app. I haven't really dug into this and I actually would like to sit down and maybe do this this weekend because, um, I, I kind of, what happens when I get so panicked about work, I stop looking at my to do list and I just kind of like flail. So I need to take a beat and revisit this, I think. Mm. TBD. This week, my intention is to try to stick to getting off my phone at seven o'clock at night without feeling guilty about it. Because this, and I think this might be very specific to like Gen X and maybe also millennials. I don't think Gen Z has this problem, which I'm happy for them. The second I got my first full time job outside of college, I worked, you know, part time from high school on, but 
my first real full-time job, I've always felt guilty if I didn't like work all night or wasn't available all the time. Mm. And that's carried over, you know? And I don't know if you also feel this, but like this feeling of like, if I'm not constantly available, I'm letting people down. I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing a good job. Um, and that's part of this boundary setting with my phone is this kind of like lingering perception that if I'm not constantly able to work, I'm somehow not doing a good job. Mm. So, and again, I don't think you Gen Z's out there, I don't think you have this. I think this is a real product of kind of how we were taught and the people we worked with and bosses and et cetera, you know, of our generation. And, and again, I'm glad that you're breaking free from this, but yeah. it's a beast. Uh, so getting off my phone without feeling guilty. That's my intention for the week. I love that. Well, Dory, this has been a real treat. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. And as always, we like to remind you that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer, produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is Acast. And we look forward to podcasting with you later. Bye.